Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. 1 Samuel, the 18th chapter, and as you're turning there, I just want to say I have three gorgeous daughters that look like mama, thank God. Um, One is preaching all three services this morning for me back home in Dallas. She's 22, and I totally end this morning saying, man, if I was preaching at 22, my knees wouldn't be knocking, they'd be missing. There's no way. And she just has no, you know, not nervous, just gets up there and just kills it. And I'm like, you've never been to Bible school? You, I hate you. You know what I mean? And, and uh, she just has no idea the gifting that's in her. And of course, I'm a proud dad. And my other two daughters are at Highlands College in Birmingham. And so that's why my oldest, the one that's still with me, is my favorite. And I make that very clear to them. And I'm just playing, kind of. Um, I was going to name them Shirley Goodness and Mercy, but I was afraid the last one would follow me all the days of my life. So I didn't want that. <laughs> Um, I, I do have a couple uh, items. Uh, this is Pastor Appreciation Day, so I don't want to take anything away from that, but I do want to bless you. And, and I want to say this. It was so encouraging. Last night at dinner, Pastor Ryan was like, we want to take care. So here's the deal. The, the price of these books are normally $20, but here's what we're doing. We're going to do two for 20 okay? So one's going to be 15 two for 20 But on top of that, your pastors want to appreciate you today and want to bless you, and they're chopping half off that. So, the, and you figure out the math on that, but the church is going to bless you as well, so just know that. And, and uh, so I guess they got the prices right at the table. I'll be back there afterwards, but I do want to say, I wrote this book, Dream On, uh, right after my dad passed in an in a, in a unexpected, tragic car accident. And, and we, went to, we went to Forney, Texas uh, 18 years ago, and we literally only had five of us. Our launch team was me and my wife and my four-year-old, three-year-old, and 11-month-old. And we literally got the phone book out and started calling people randomly. I know this next gen don't have a clue what a phone book is, but it was, it was a phone book at the time. We had everybody's names in it and numbers. And, and I literally just would get out and call people. Hey, I'm starting a church in this town. I'm a youth pastor. Uh, if, if they would stay, if they didn't hang up on me, I'd go as long as they would, would you know, stay with me and invite people to church. And we would drive around the neighborhoods and invite people to church. And uh, now we just built, uh, to God be the glory, an amazing facility on 40 acres of land and north side of town. Forney is the the eighth hottest uh, hottest real estate market in the country. Number one fastest growing school district in North Texas. And I had no idea of any of that 18 years ago. Uh, Our first year, Leanne was rushed to the ER a few times. uh, One time specifically in the back of an ambulance. My daughter was bit by a snake. My house caught on fire. My truck engine light came on and my engine exploded in my Ford Expedition. I had a flat tire. And yes, I felt like a country music song. (laughs) But God has a way of just working everything out, doesn't he? And so I encourage you, if you have a dream, listen, if you have a dream from heaven, hell will attack it. Hell will attack it. And I encourage you to get this about overcoming adversities to fulfill your dreams. And, and then this little book, I wrote it just for my church, uh, Principles of Godly Prosperity. I know the word prosperity has been thrown around and abused and misused, but anything that God says I take pleasure in, we should probably lean into. You know, he said, above all things, I would that you prosper. And I put the picture of my family because identifying what prosperity means to me. Okay, prosperity is more than just money. But I wrote 21 principles for our church on a 21-day fast last year. And different pastors asked me, to, hey, can we just make that available? For And so I did. And, and to God be the glory, we, we had an ambush during COVID of $2.5 million above and beyond our tithes and offerings that came in. On top of real estate, land sales, and different things that God blessed us with. And uh, we moved into a facility... Um, very, very blessed. Let me just say that. And that's because of people just like you that have regular jobs just like you and God blessed them because they applied these principles. It's not necessarily that I came up with, I'm so wise one. The principles are in God's word, right? And, and, and here's the deal. God's not a respecter of persons. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. If he did it for them, he'll do it for you. But he is a respecter of principle. If you want to get God's results, you're going to do it God's way. 
And so I, I encourage you to pick up these uh, if you feel led to, but don't you dare pick them up if you don't give a pastor appreciation offering today. You better give an offering before you pick a book up. Yes, you better. You better. I'm coming for you. I promise. First Samuel chapter 18. And I will not preach a Pharaoh sermon. Pharaoh would not let God's people go. So I, I will not preach a Pharaoh sermon. Blessed are the short-winded for they'll be invited back. I get it. First Samuel 18, five verses. After David finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one. Somebody say one in spirit with David and he loved him as himself from that day Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family and Jonathan made a covenant with David somebody say covenant he made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself so Jonathan did three things verse four he took off the robe he was wearing he gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword his bow and his belt and whatever mission Saul sent him on this is the result of covenant whatever mission the king gave him David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army and this pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well thank you for the music don't go too far I want to talk to you for the next few minutes on the thought the power of covenant the power the power of covenant You know, because if we're not careful, the word covenant has been misunderstood. It's been neglected. It's been Old Testamized, you know. That's just for the Old Testament. But Jesus actually came and said, my blood is the new covenant. It's been mistaught. Some people have abused it. Some people have almost aligned the word covenant with cult. I had a lady tell me one time, she said, I don't make covenant with anybody but God. And I said, well, do you know the scriptures? Because throughout the scriptures, God had men and women making covenant with, with one another. Marriage is based on, on covenant. Relationships in God's house and the kingdom and family of God has to be uh, covenant relationships. And I think a lot of times the reason why we've misunderstood it and, you know, uh, uh, ne- almost neglected to talk about it is because people in power have abused it and, and almost used it as a power tool to keep somebody with them. And that's not what God meant it, meant it at all when he, when he referred to covenant. I think we've been conditioned all our lives to base our decisions on our feelings and not our faith. And that's why we don't get covenant because we don't get long-term decisions. Right? We don't get, I mean, you want me to, now, now, now we will with a house or a car. We will with a credit card. How many, now you can get 45-year note on your home, you know. Now you can stretch this thing out. Like, we have no problem signing for that. But on the things of God, can we even commit for the next 90 days to tithe? Right? And, and I'm not talking about tithing today, so relax. People get funny when you talk about money. I get that. But but we, we have this idea that that people and something to satisfy us is worth a long-term commitment but when it comes to the things of God it's too much to ask for but we serve a God that's all about covenant the whole biblical message the whole the whole message of the cross the message of the blood is all based on on covenant the biblical definition for the word covenant is an agreement between God and his people, watch this now, in an agreement or between two people of God. So the biblical definition for covenant is a, is a decision I make to serve my God. And how many know my covenant, my decision is not what's keeping me? Thank God. That keep me to about noon today, maybe, right? It's his covenant he's made with us. But our side is just to love him back and to serve him and honor him. He's paid the price. Come on, he paid a price. He didn't owe. I owed a price and a debt I couldn't pay. So it's all about what he did. But then also it's a covenant between two people. Throughout the scriptures, we find God making a covenant with many people. Uh, Moses, Abraham, and Noah, just to name a few. God is a covenant God. He said, I'm not a man that I shall lie, the son of man that I shall repent. I'm not slack concerning my promises as some of you are. I'm not casual. When I make a commitment to you, I keep it. And and he's not slack concerning his promises, but what God said he would do, he does. He does every time. 
The word is full of men and women making covenant one another, Moses and Aaron, Ruth and Naomi. In our reading, Jonathan and David. I want to say God honors covenant. Psalm chapter one, verse one is talking about the covenant man, really. He said he's planted, he should be like a tree, planted by the rivers of living water. And whatsoever he does, prospers. We want to prosper, but we don't want to commit. We want to prosper and we want, we want God to bless us, but we'll only stay at our job for a few months. We want God to prosper our marriage as we're on the 14th. And then you'll never be successful at anything uprooting. You'll never be successful at anything quitting and hopping. It's only when you're planted do you prosper. God honors covenant. Psalm 92, 13 says, he that's planted in the house of God shall flourish or prosper in the courts of their God. And one translation says, shall flourish in all their ways. We, we think being committed to the house of God, I think we have this idea sometimes that we get brownie points with God, you know. But, but God doesn't just bless us here. As we're committed to here, you see, if you're an usher or a greeter or a kid's worker or doing anything volunteering, you know, uh, volunteer, we don't use volunteer, the, the terms around our church rock, because volunteer insinuates you're not getting paid. And God makes it very clear through his scripture that we get paid for this. He's a rewarder. We don't do it for the income. We do it for the outcome. Right? And as we serve and make a difference in God's house, he said, he that's planted in the house of God shall flourish in all their ways. Not just here, but in all our ways. God is a God that rewards and honors covenant. Again, in our reading, Jonathan made a covenant with David. Do you see that? He was successful in whatever the king asked him to do. He was successful because he made a covenant with his God and a covenant with David and Jonathan made a covenant with one another. I want to say there's a profound difference, profound difference between commitment and covenant. There's a big difference between being committed to something and being in covenant. Let me give you a few. Commitment has an expiration. <laughs> covenant is eternal. Commitment is based on my feelings. Covenant is based on my faith. Commitment is based on the other party's performance. Covenant is based on God's performance. In other words, co commitment, commitment is, is uh, my belief in a person. As long as they don't let me down. But covenant is my belief that God connected me to that person. I'm going to say that again. Commitment is based on, are they performing? And until they disappoint me, I'm committed until. I'm committed or else. But covenant is based on my belief that God has joined me with that person. This, you can relate this in a marriage. You know, how many know wives, us husbands, get it wrong a lot? Right? And my wife said amen a little too loud. I think that's where Paul meant women are to be silent in the church. I, I don't know, but, but, but the reality is our spouses are not going to measure up every time. What do we do when they don't measure up? Do we just jump ship? You do if you're committed. But if you made a covenant with that person, you say to death to us part, we'll just have to work this out. We'll have to get it right because we understand that tough times don't last, but tough people do. And we understand what God has put in us. Did you know your, your fight is fixed? Did you know whatever it is that you might be fighting this morning, it's fixed? Do you know God's already won the battle for you? You ever, seen, you ever seen, I used to watch the Hulkster, the Hulk Hogan and Junkyard Dog. I'm going way back. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts and, and Tommy Wildfire Vire Rich. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. This is back in the mid or early 80s. And, but, but the WCW, WWF wrestling. You ever seen that? You know, they get crazy, jump off the ropes and it's all fake. I would, if, if there's a professional wrestler, I wouldn't tell The Rock it's all fake. I'm just saying... But the reality is, uh, uh, is, it, is it McMahon? I, I forgot his name. 
man is Vince McMahon. Thank you. That's coming from a chick. <laughs> Give her a hand. Vin, Vince McMahon is back there chilling, and everybody in this place is going nuts. There's pandemonium. They're freaking out. They're going bananas. And old Vince McMahon's just back there just chilling. Why? He's already fixed the fight. He knows who's going to win and when they're going to win. Can I tell you that's the reason you got to be you got to be chill with this? Because your greatest promoter, Jesus, is up there and he's never been taken by surprise. He's not caught off guard. He's already fixed your fight. You win if you don't quit. And, and so I want to give you three essentials very quickly for covenant. Three essentials. Number one, honor. If you want to stay in a covenant relationship in that marriage, in that job, uh, we have an election coming up uh, with, with your church, whatever it might be, with that family member, come on, that crazy uncle, you know you're going to see Thanksgiving, right? If you want to stay in relationship, you're going to have to honor. Honor is not something I do because you're honorable. Honor is something I do because I'm honorable. There are people that I have honored. I was just with a group of people a few weeks ago and totally disagreed with some of their convictions and some of their lifestyle. But I didn't dishonor them because these people happen to be at a higher level than I am. And I understand what you honor, you can, you can withdraw from. But what you dishonor, some of you wonder why your boss is never giving you a raise and you're going around talking about him all that. Well, he don't know what I'm talking about. It's a spirit. God honors honor. So we honor up. We honor down. We honor all around. We honor. We honor people that are ahead of us. We honor people that are behind us. We honor people above, below, out. We honor. Because honor is the access to whatever you need. So I don't honor because that person deserves it. I honor because I'm honorable. And what I honor, come on, we'll watch this in our marriages, right? What we honor will increase in our life. What we fail to honor will exit our life. Do you honor? Are you a person of honor? Are you, are you a person of honor uh, at work? Are you a person of honor in your marriage or relationships? Are you a person of honor with your pastors and leaders here? Not just, you know, there's people, very few people would dishonor me at our church, but it's interesting that I almost wish I could put it like a hidden camera and how they'll honor the parking attendant when the parking's asking, somebody's asking them to park here and, and they're going to do their own thing. And then they give the person at check-in for the kids a hard time. And, and they, think, they think, well, they're just a volunteer. Well, they're doing it and you ain't. So, so I, I would say that person deserves honor. You know, the Bible says a man and woman of God, the prophet, the priest in the house of God deserves double honor. Double honor. I want to challenge you as I'm preaching right now, and I'm not trying to get anything from you. I, I'm, I'm not running from anything but the county line right after this. We're going to Disney tomorrow. Yes, we are. But I, I want to encourage you and challenge you Whatever it is that you, in your mind, brought your pastors to honor them, whether it was a text gift, whether it was a check, whether it was a, whatever it is, whatever it is, I, I want to encourage you to double that because of this scripture. And what you make happen for others, God said in the same way, I'll make happen for you as you honor. Number two, sound reasoning. If you, want us, if you want to live a covenant life and experience all God has for you and prosper in all your ways, you're going to have to reason properly. We don't just jump on the bandwagon because somebody said something about somebody. I'm just being practical. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We'll hear something about somebody and immediately believe it. I mean, media has proven that, well, social media, uh, uh, conversations at work, around the coffee pot, all somebody, has, nowadays, all somebody has to do is accuse a leader of something, and they're guilty. They don't stick around to hear about the, what happened in the courtroom. <laughs> they don't hear, stick around to find out the rest of the story. They just hear something. If you're going to be a person of covenant that prospers in all your ways, you're going to have to be a person that doesn't just jump on one side immediately because you, you're going to have to be able to reason soundly. Sound reasoning. Proper reasoning. Knowing there's three sides to every story. His, his, and the truth. 
right? And, and so understanding, okay, wait a second, I've heard their side, but you know, reality, I'm not a judge anyway, so let's just, let's just chill with this. And, and even when you can't defend actions because you weren't there, can you defend heart? Can you defend character? Well, you don't understand what Pastor Ryan did to me. Okay, listen. Now, we both know, we both know Pastor Ryan's heart. So I don't know exactly what happened there. I would be hurt too. Man, I can't believe that happened to you. I'm so sorry. So you don't just start defending them and say, you know, you want to take this outside? I'm going to fight for my pastor. You don't do that. You don't do that because then they won't come back to you. But you got to be a person that can resolve. Are you, are you with, I know I'm not in a leaders meeting right now, but I really feel like I need, this is important for all relationships. So, so if you can't defend somebody's heart and intentions, then you're not in covenant with them. But if you're in covenant with somebody, you may not have been there when they did that because maybe Pastor Ron had a bad day. Maybe he did say that. Maybe he did that. Maybe he shouldn't have done that. Or maybe he didn't. Who knows? That's irrelevant. The point is, I'm not going to be with you in just in good times. Like my father-in-law is a bandwagon. At least some of y'all hate cowboys. Uh, Andrea hates cowboy fans. I mean, not fans. Hopefully not. I'm, I'm, but she hates the Dallas Cowboys. But, but that's better than my father-in-law. My father-in-law is a bandwagon. My father-in-law will love the Cowboys until they start losing. And then he'll get up and just turn it off. Don't be a bandwagon, Christian. Come on, don't be a bandwagon leader. Don't be a bandwagon Christ follower that's just on board and in that relationship when somebody's doing everything you want them to do. Anybody hear what I'm saying right now? I'm preaching really good. Honor, sound reasoning, and finally, mercy. Somebody shout mercy. Mercy and forgiveness. Don't miss this now. Give me the next few minutes here. Mercy and forgiveness are the greatest essentials to a covenant relationship. When I see somebody that's been married for a long time, all I know is there's been a lot of forgiveness. There's been a lot of mercy. There's been a lot of, of mercy and understanding and will you forgive me? I was wrong and I apologize and will, will you show? And the mercy I show when Leanne disappoints me is the mercy that she is required, not necessarily because she's going to have to do it, but according to God's word, if I will show mercy, I'll get mercy. Uh, Matthew 5 verse 8, Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, watch this, for they shall obtain mercy. Somebody grab me a chair real quick. Just a chair. Somebody grab me a chair. Uh, it's going to be hard to grab me one of these chairs. But grab me just a seat or something. I want to do something real quick. And I didn't prep you this morning for this, so it's on me. But I have a, a quick illustration. Because what you give, you get. So if you're quick to cast judgment to your spouse when they do something, you're quick to cast judgment to a coworker or a church member or your pastor. Thank you. You know what? Can you get me one more? Sorry, sorry. Pastor Ryan is so detailed and on it. He probably needs medicine right now because he is just like the picture perfect. I'm like, man, you are just, he's got it together. Look, I mean, he dresses right and everything. Oh, somebody's got this chair. Okay, I think we have, no, here's this better one because it matches. This, thank you though, thank you though. This one right here, this one right here. This two is all I need. Yeah, just take that one back if you will. All I need is these two chairs right here. Thank you though, great job. So, so Matthew chapter 5, don't miss this now. Jesus is talking. He says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. In the Old Testament, there was a mercy seat that God would sit on. And, 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 but then Jesus talking in the, in the New Testament, he says, judge not, lest ye be judged. When we take our last breath, there's another seat that God will sit on. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. Now, here's my point. Both of them are reciprocal. What you give is what you can expect. So if I choose to sit in the judgment seat and point fingers, you can't switch seats, baby, when you mess up. You've already chosen to be in that seat, and therefore there is a judge that will judge you. However, this is a seat that I like because <laughs> I know me, I'm going to need it. So, so I'm going to be a person that shows mercy when that person lets me down because Jesus gave us a promise 
Blessed are the merciful, for they shall what? They shall obtain mercy. Did you know mercy is the really the root of the message of Jesus? Um, go with me real quick to that passage, Matthew chapter five, very quickly. Matthew chapter five, and and I need I need to do this. I need nine people, very quick. One, two, come on, stage, real quick. One, two, three, four. Come on, come on, come on. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Y'all, y'all looking up? Come on, front row, front row. Let's go, let's go. I need nine people. I need nine people quickly. Let's move these behind for a second. And I want to do something. So just real quick, nine people right here, right here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Thank you for being up here. Come on, give them a hand. Do you have my scripture? Matthew chapter five. Matthew chapter five, Jesus is preaching. And he's called the Beatitudes. And, he, and this is his sermon, basically. He starts with point one. Blessed are the poor in spirit. We're just going to say poor. We're not saying you're poor, but poor in spirit. You're poor in spirit. Raise your hand if you're poor in spirit. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And everybody just, yeah. And then, and, then, and then Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You mourn, don't you? You're going to be comforted. And then everybody's, oh, yeah. So that's point two. Jesus gets to point three in Matthew uh, 5, verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. You're meek, aren't you? You're going to inherit the earth. And then, and then we get to uh, uh, verse 6, and it's point four of Jesus. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Are you hungry and thirsty for righteousness? So you'll be filled, okay? I mean, the place is going nuts. He's giving out free food. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a party. Gee, everywhere Jesus went was a party, okay? Uh, we talked about uh, a relative I had when I, was, when I was younger that he was, the, he was the friendliest. He was the party when he was a heathen. He got saved and he was miserable and made everybody miserable. Don't be like that. You, you, when you get saved, you ought to be, your life ought to be a party now. So, so that's four points that Jesus talked about. And then, and then we get to the fifth point. Blessed are the merciful. Are you merciful? So if I offend you, you're merciful. Okay, thank you. For they shall obtain mercy. And then, and then point six. Point six in Matthew 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Are you pure in heart? I ask you if you're perfect. Are you perfect? Okay, great. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called the children of God. Right? Are you a peacemaker? You are. You like a peacemaker. Yeah. Your daddy's son right there. And then blessed are those, this is number eight, blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for there's the kingdom of heaven. Ever been persecuted? All right, good. Good, good, good. Just, just roll with me. Um, and, and, then, and then verse 11, Matthew 5, verse 11, the ninth point. <laughs> y'all think, think this is a long sermon. Pa G Pastor Jesus had nine points. Nine. He said, blessed are you when people insult you. You ever been insulted? Probably not. You're, you're too cool to be insulted. But, and, and, and falsely say all kind of evil against you because of me. Nine. But I just want you to see it. But right in the middle of Jesus' great sermon, probably the most popular sermon he preached in the New Testament, yeah. right in the center was mercy. Yeah. Right in the middle of our life message to people. So it's got to be mercy. Yes. yes, we're holy. Yes, we have convictions. Yes, we go to church on Sunday. Yes, we read our Bible and we serve in the nursery and pay our tithes. We do all of that. But man, let's be merciful. Yeah. To some people, don't get it right every time. Yeah. Let's not be, remember Saturday Night Live, the church lady? Remember the church lady? Where were you? You know, don't be like that. <laughs> don't call somebody and get on them because they miss church. Call them and reach out to them because right. you care, but be merciful. For Jesus said, blessed are the merciful for this person's going to get it back. It's the only one up here, by the way, that you give it and you get it. It's reciprocal. Mercy trumps uh, the law. 
In the, in the Old Testament, they had the Ark of the Covenant. And stay with me, and I'm almost done, I promise. The Ark of the Covenant. This is only because I saw him about to fall asleep, so I said, I'll bring all of them up here. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. So, so the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. In the Ark of the Covenant was the blood, the mercy seat in the middle. It was in the middle of everything. Again, the middle, okay? But then underneath that was the law. If you look at the diagram, you can Google the Ark of the Covenant and everything. And if you see that, that big box that they would carry, you know, um, if, you, if you Google and you check this out and study this out, you'll find that the law was at the bottom, which says this, should we obey the law? Yes, but sometimes we don't. Sometimes you don't either. I know I get it wrong sometimes. And it's in those times that we have to call out for mercy. Mercy. Mercy trumps the law. Mercy trumps our beliefs. Mercy trumps our convictions, our philosophies, our theologies. We got to be merciful. Now, we got to hold ourselves to a standard. But let's be merciful for some people who don't get it right. And that's the way we're going to reach Tallahassee. That's the way you're going to reach your coworkers. That's, going to, that's the way you're going to reach your neighbors and your law, your soccer moms and your, your, your dads that you watch football practice with in the afternoon. You don't just judge them and throw scriptures out. On, you, and I know you don't. That's not your heart. But we're merciful. For if we're merciful, we'll be shown mercy. Jesus came up to the, they were trying to trap Jesus by using the law in John when they were stoning the woman in adultery. And they said, the law says this. What do you say, Jesus? And Jesus said, well, I say he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. He put mercy over the law. And when we get to a place that we can put mercy over the law, our lives will be richer. Our lives will be healthier. Our lives will be freer. And guess what? You won't be lonely at the coffee pot. People will be all around you, gravitating towards you because people are looking for somebody that doesn't look down at them and beat them down. But if they're looking down at them, it's because they have a hand that's ready to lift them up. And we're called to lift people up, not beat people down. Come on, can you give them a hand? Thank you. Thank you for being up here. Y'all help me preach today. Each of y'all get a book half price. (laughs) The word covenant, the word covenant, one of the definitions means to cut. I'm almost done. Means to cut. Means to cut. When you cut somebody, what do you see? Blood. Hurt. It's, It's not mercy. It's not covenant until it hurts. I know enough about martial arts to be dangerous. <laughs> I wrestled in high school and there's some other things I, I, I've experimented with. I, I'm not a black boat. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that. I'm not that. But I know enough to be a little dangerous to myself, probably more than anything. And I do know this. They call it submission holds when it starts hurting. If, if it doesn't hurt, it's not submission. If it doesn't hurt, it's not covenant. If it doesn't cut, if it doesn't bleed, it's not covenant. It's when it gets to the point that it hurts. That's when I got to show mercy and I got to be a person of covenant. Say amen, somebody. I'm almost done. So in our reading, Jonathan made a covenant with David and he did three things. Just say, how many give me five minutes? Raise your hand. Just five minutes. Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Got about another hour here. He... So, so the first thing he did, he took off his robe. Where's, well, I got the robe, don't I? I got the robe, so hang on a second. Um, somebody give me a coat. Somebody just take off. I'll, I'll, yeah, because I don't want to, it's past your appreciation. So yeah, oh, you're awesome. Thank you. Give this sweetheart a hand. Hey, 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 look at here. Look at here. This is for you. This is for you. You're sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Where's my mercy guy? My mercy, God. Well, that's not fair because none of them got a book. Life's not fair. I'm sorry. There you go. Okay. So, so David, David took his robe. I'm not sure if his robe looked like this. It might have. Old Testament, you know. And he, and I'm sorry, Jonathan. And Jonathan took his robe and he covered David. Uh, one more time. You're going to earn that book. Come on up here real quick. Come on up here. So, so he, took the, he took the robe and he, run, 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 run. 
If y'all think I preach a long time, it's because of him. So, so here's the deal. What did Jonathan do? Jonathan got David's back. He covered him. That's what covenant does. Covenant doesn't expose. Covenant doesn't talk about. I'm not talking about some major. I'm not saying people shouldn't be held accountable. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about he is without sin. Let him cast the first stone. I want people in my life to get my back. I already know my weaknesses. I already know my gaps. Pastor Andrew was talking about strength, you know, weaknesses, different personalities. Man, Leanne completes me and I complete her. Now, of course, the Holy Spirit completes this, but you know what I mean? Like, there's gaps she has, I fill them. There's gaps I have that she fills. We get each other's back. We cover one another. You know, when Noah came off the boat, he messed up. He got drunk. He laid uncovered under his tent. He had three sons. And this is what you got to self-examine. This is rhetorically, but this is for you to figure out which son are you going to be. Because Ham was a Ham. <laughs> South Georgia, we used to call somebody who's really, you know, he's... he's ADD, <laughs> he's a ham, you know. He came in and he covered, I mean, he exposed his daddy. And he went outside the tent and he told other people, look what daddy has done. Laughed at him, made fun of him, read your Bible. Sham and Jepheth were two other sons. This is what they did. First of all, they walked backwards. They wouldn't even look at it. They were like, man, we don't want people calling us out. Man, I want to be a person of mercy. And they covered him. Watch this. Sham and Jepheth had sons that were blessed. If you read your Bible, you think, you think disloyalty and, and talking about somebody, well, you're going to pay the price. Never says anything about him. He says, Ham's son was cursed. Read it. Not Ham, his son. We have a generation that's being raised up that all we heard in the home was how bad the preachers are, the teachers are, the police officers are, the presidents are, all these people are. And then we wonder why they grow up with no blessing on their life because they don't know honor. They don't, they don't know it. They don't get it because we as parents have given them a raw deal. We set them up wrong. If we let them understand, listen, we don't agree with what that person did, but we're not going to talk about him and be disrespectful or be dishonorable, not in this home. Because why? Because we want the covenant blessing on our home and they covered him. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Oh, no, you got to stay here. You got to stay here. Here's your robe. Here's your robe. Thank you. Come on, give her a hand one more time. You're not. There we go. And then the second thing, I got, a, I got a real quick. He gave him a sword. He gave him a sword. The sword was the ultimate place of trust. Jonathan gave David his sword. Jonathan was a king's kid. Jonathan gave David his sword saying, I will never need that to defend myself with you. I trust you so much. I know you will never come at me and hurt me. And if you do, I know there's a God in heaven that'll take care of me. And watch this. He, when he gave uh, David his sword, he wasn't just trusting David to not come at him, but he was trusting that David would get his back when others came at him. It's the ultimate place to trust. And then finally, finally, he gave him his belt. What's that about? He said, I promise you, you know, uh, Paul in, in Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God. And he gets to the belt, he calls it the belt of truth. I promise to always be honest with you. I promise to never have any secrets. I promise to not talk about you behind your back and gossip about you. I'll, never, I'll tell you the truth, even when it's hard. And watch this. Not only am I promising to be truthful to you, I commit and I make covenant this day to be able to receive truth. See, a lot of times we can speak truth, but can we receive it? And that day, your Bible says that they became one in spirit. And everything he went out to do, he was so successful because he had somebody that believed in him that much. Free life, can I tell you? Or free life, uh, who are you? Transformation? Can I tell you, free life doesn't believe in me 
uh, or, or, or I'm not great because I'm just some great leader. If there's any greatness in me and on me, it's because I got a church, a family of covenant men and women that believe in me, that overlook my shortcomings, overlook when I preach a little long, overlook when I preach too much about money, or I say something politically they didn't like, or whatever. They don't make that the main thing. They make the main thing, I'm in a covenant relationship with that man and that woman, and I know the only way my life can prosper, because you don't understand sometimes your next blessing is wrapped up in a person. Read Luke 6.38. Preachers like to use that all the time, right? Give, and it shall come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Shall men. I'm not going to receive a check signed Jehovah Jireh. Okay, I'm not going to have hundreds coming from the sky. If God's going to bless me, it's going to come through a person, and who knows, the person that you're walking away from might be the person that held your blessing. Amen. Come on, give him a hand. Thank you. Pastors Ryan, Pastor Andrea, would you come up and join us on the stage? Bring, bring your kiddos, too. They are amazing. Um, just bring them to the stage with you. I want to I honor not only Pastors Ryan and Andrea, and I know y'all are about to do a part as well, the deacons and stuff, but just one second, I want to do something. Jordan and, Jordan and Journey and Jeremiah, right? Did I get that right? Jeremiah. Jordan and Journey. You know, I see, uh, with the exception of one boy who I wish I had, you know, we were going to try one more time, and I said, man, I don't want four girls more than I want a boy. So, very similar. The ages are similar. Our ages are similar. And, and, and I just want to say something. This is what the Lord put on my heart last night, and I want to share it with you. And if you can just put my first picture of the desert, the desert up on the screen. True story. This is Death Valley, California. <clears throat> it's the hottest, driest place in America. One of the hottest, drier places in the world. Death Valley, California. Never rains there. Nothing lives there. Nothing grows there. No people there. No animals there. But something happened in the 2000, the winter of 2004. The winter of 2004, they experienced, true story, seven inches of rain it was a phenomenon they, they never that they had history they had never even recorded rain there it's seven inches a downpour of rain nothing happened at first but the spring of 2005 just a few months later they experienced what they call the super bloom put that picture up there for me same place same location and what they found was Death Valley wasn't dead. Death Valley was just dormant. And they discovered there had been seeds planted there years ago. And all it needed was the right environment to flourish. Transformation, get this right. I believe, this is what the Lord showed me late last night, and I don't know a lot of history. I just, I know Ryan and Andrea. But the Lord showed me last night there have been seeds planted over the past 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 or 60 years. And, and some people may have written you off. Some people may have written this church off. Some people may have just been like, you know, best days are behind us. But a man shall reap what he sows. You sow and you shall reap. And there are seeds that were planted by a volunteer Sunday school teacher in the late 60s, maybe. A nursery worker in the 70s. Somebody gave a, a significant, huge offering in the early 90s. And once again, I'm not a prophet. I'm just saying. There were seeds planted. And now all that needs to happen is the right environment. And you're going to see Death Valley begin to flourish. I'm not declaring this is Death Valley. I'm just saying God's already up to something. Pastor Ryan is already sharing with me, my goodness, the growth and things that are happening. But can I tell you, and I don't claim to be a prophet. I don't claim to be. I'm not working on emotions. I'm not doing anything like that. 
But the Lord told me, and I don't throw this around. I don't. I don't. You can look back on my messages on my website. I, I don't. But the Lord told me for you to start believing for a thousand. You start prepping for a thousand. You start, if God brought you a thousand people next week, what would it look like? What would you do? What would you, how would you? And I'm not saying there's some things you, you wait on, but you begin to pray. You begin to fast. You begin to prep. You begin to even start looking at more staff and, and, and leadership and everything. Maybe not hire them yet, but you're getting ready. You're getting poised. I remember Jim Boland, my father in the face, said one time, he said, the Lord told him, and they were running about 800. And he said, I want you to pray. He said, I want you to start preparing for 2,000, but pray for four. With, within five years, he had over 5,000. And if as you prepare, and there's something special on you guys, I'm telling you, Leanne came home talk, or to the room talking about the anointing on you guys. And as I met you yesterday, and you, you don't know, and I'm not, I'm not, they wouldn't want me to say this, but I'm going to say it because I want to say it, and I got the microphone. You have no idea, and it's okay. There's no there's condemnation, but you have no idea, especially with these three and really these four. The, 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 the fish tank. Is that what they call it? The fish tank is what our girls call it. <laughs> you have no idea. You, you go and you go watch football on Sunday afternoons. He's thinking about, man, do we meet budget? He, he's, he's thinking about, man, I didn't see this person here. I didn't see that person there. And he's a shepherd. She's a shepherd. They're shepherds. And this is how much I, God just sent me from Dallas, Texas. I'm a nobody here. But I believe in this couple and I believe so much that I want part of the harvest. I want to have seed in the ground. I'm not doing this for hype. But guys, there's a check here from our church in Dallas, Texas that believes in you for $1,000. That's made out to you personally. That's to you personally. And here's what I believe, and I, I, I don't have the authority to do this, or, or I would get about 20 more thousand for them right now. But I believe that God has already laid it on your heart to honor your pastor and to love him and bless him. Our pastor appreciation is next week. Somebody uh, texted me and said, we know what you'd probably like, Georgia anything, because I'm a big Bulldog fan. Sorry if you're a gator. I'm a gator hater. But they're like, what would your wife want? And she's, and, and I'm like, man, I don't want to sound tacky, but you know, cash is king for any girl that likes to shop. I mean, you know, and so I could say, you know, oh, it doesn't matter. I text him back and I text him back this morning and I said, Amazon. I said, she loves Amazon. I said, something just happens to her when I take her shopping. I mean, she just goes from, you know, d down and, and I, I give her some money. We go shopping and she's just a different person. I said, Good. so what I'm trying to say is you may say, well, I want to honor them. Do you want to honor them your way or do you want to honor what makes an impact for them and blesses them? So I'm just going to tell you, I believe there's 10 people that can match what I just gave. I'm not going to call you out because I believe if I did, I believe I'd get more than 10. And I believe that people would raise their hand right now and say, I want to I give significantly. Remember, you're not giving for you. You're not even giving for them. You're honoring God. And as a man, and you don't do this a lot. And if he was in this for the money, he sure wouldn't be doing this. I know I wouldn't if I was in it for the money. But remember, Jonathan made David great. When he made a covenant with David, David went out and did whatever the king called him to do. And he did it so successful that he was raised in rank every time. So I may never get invited back because I sure didn't get permission to do this. But, but I, I want us to dig deep today. And I want us to honor this family. They pay a price that you'll never realize and it's okay. It doesn't mean it just there's, there's things that that we as pastors don't get that you pay when I mean, you get up tomorrow morning at 4.30 and go to work after a late night leaders night or something. I get that. But I've come from Dallas, Texas to honor this family today. And I want to say there's seed that has been planted. There's seed in the ground. And if we together will create an environment. Listen to me now. Some of you were laughing. Some of you were so excited. Y'all loved me until about five minutes ago. Who is he to come in and give a big check? And... Come on now. 
Let's create a culture of honor, a culture of an environment. That's all that needed. Put my picture back up there, the, 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 the desert afterwards. All that needed was the right environment. Seeds were already planted. All we needed is an environment of grace. And we call our place a place of grace for every face. Uh, uh, an environment of grace, an environment of mercy, an environment of covenant, an environment of unity. And as we do that, God said, I command the blessing where there's unity. Would you stand on your feet all over this room? I'm going to ask uh, the leadership, uh, the deacons, the deacons' wives, would you come up? And I want us to pray over them. I know we're a little long today, I guess. I don't know how long y'all normally go. We still got an hour before the Cowboys play, so Andrew will be okay. You love your pastors? Come on, do you love your pastors? I told him before I went up there, I said, I still go to battle with you. I didn't mean that because I got his back. I meant that because I want him to have my back. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the anointing the, the sweet spirit, the graceful spirit that's always been on this couple. I thank you, God, that it has transferred. I thank you, God, there's an anointing on their children. I thank you, God, that every seed, let, this, let their children be the greatest thing that people can see and say, we know they must be the real deal because look at their kids. We know they must have something going on because look at their children. God, I pray that you would bless this marriage. I pray that your hand would be on their life, on their relationship, in their own right, in every conversation, in every decision. God, I pray for these, these amazing three ministers in the making. God, I thank you that the hand of God is on their lives. I thank you, God, that you're shielding them from every hurt from every challenge, from every issue, from every, from every demonic influence that would try to come in and pull them away. I thank you, God, for the anointing and the power and the spirit of grace and mercy and even the covenant on this house. That God, men and women in this room, God, would make covenant with their pastors if they haven't already. And they wouldn't just be covenant in good times and when it's when it sounds right on a pastor appreciation day but they would be men and women of covenant that's what the kingdom has got to have in order to grow raise up kingdom men and women that get the revelation of covenant and not just with their pastors but one another god let ushers make covenant with and greeters and and and, and nursery workers and we won't challenge and and talk about and gossip up and backbite but God you're bringing us the right environment and as we create the right environment at transformation I thank you that no eye has seen nor ear heard nor mind conceived what you have in mind for this ministry I, we call in 1,000 people it's not about the numbers but it is about the number it's about one more person knowing you and us bankrupt in hell and occupying heaven and in the name of Jesus, as we create an environment of mercy, an environment of honor, an environment of covenant, that you would give back good measure, pressed down, shaken together on your people. As these people honor their pastors, what they make happen for their pastors, Ephesians 6, 8, we will make happen, you will make happen for us. And Lord, we thank you that their best days, the Kramer's best days are ahead. And we thank you that transformation's best days are ahead. We love you, Jesus. Baby, would you come? I know I wanted you to be able to pray. <laughs> Father, we love you so much. And God, thank you, first and foremost, that you are above everything. God, thank you that your hand is on this family, on this couple. Lord, you know everything that it takes to do what you've called them to do. Father, you know the weight they carry. Father, you know the, the secret moments that they have with you where they're pouring their heart out. God, I just pray that you will answer every prayer they've ever prayed, that you will fulfill every desire of their hearts, Father, all of them. 
all of them, Lord, fulfill their desires. I pray that you will keep them so tightly connected to you. Father, that you will keep them so tightly connected to one another, that you will so bind them together with your spirit and with one another. Father, that unity is happening and your blessing comes on their home, on this marriage, on this family, and on this church, Father. Protect them, strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say one more thing before I pass it off, I guess, to Wes. The numbers... Six, apostolic blessing. I don't know if you do this, but I do it over free life and we dismiss every week. But I think it's appropriate to do it over this family. You know, it's, it's to our advantage for them to be blessed, for them to be prosperous, for them, and again, not just money, I'm talking about for them to succeed, for them to be healthy. We don't need another pastor to fall. We don't need another pastor and pastor's wife. They can't make their marriage work. We don't need another PK to drift. We need the body of Christ. I'm telling you, that's my heart at Free Life, that Free Life would buy into the vision of our family doing ministry, not just me and Leanne, but our girls as well. And we incorporate your kids and we incorporate the next generation. There's something special about your leads. And so, before I pass it off, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance unto you. May he cover you with his name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Richie. An incredible message this morning. Incredible word for our church. Um, hey guys, come on. Um, on back, you know, we couldn't really say it any any better than than Pastor Richie has said this morning. Um, how much we believe in our pastor and this family, and believe that God has brought them here. You know, we we had a. a Evangel had a, had a, has, has been a tremendous church and had some tremendous pastors over the years, long-term pastors. And when, when Pastor Terrell retired, we knew God still had a plan. And it was already in the works. And God brought us this family, brought us back this family <laughs> for a time such as this. And so we are truly blessed as a church. Um, we're blessed as a community because it's not just about this church, but it's about this community. It's about this city. It's about this region. You know, we, we come from Thomasville, Georgia, every, every many times during the week because we believe what God is doing here and through, through this family right here. Um, our ushers are going to come at this time. Just as Pastor Richie was talking about, we believe the importance of honoring our leaders and honoring our shepherd. It is biblical, it's throughout the word and, and we want to be in alignment and in truth and we wanna take this opportunity and give you an opportunity to, to join in and be a part of that blessing that Pastor Richie has shared about. This morning, we're gonna give you an opportunity. You can, uh, the ushers are gonna go, you can drop something in the bucket. If you write a check, just, just, just write pastor appreciation on it. You can able to give online so if you're used to giving online, you'll see a, a, a category there for pastor appreciation. Give through text, drop it in the, the, the black box at the back, just the normal ways we, we give. But we don't want to take an opportunity and, and, and bless our pastor and this family. Because I'm, I, I'm telling you, I, not all of us are able to see sometimes the, the backstage, so to speak. The work that goes in, the preparation that goes in, the prayer that goes in, the tears that go in. The calling out to God for direction and, 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 and vision for what God is leading this church to do. But I know that it's in their heart and I because I hear it, I hear it in our meetings, and these guys here we, we hear it. Danny's not able to be with us this morning, Gary's not here as well. But we 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 stand in covenant with him. 
we stand, we are, we are there. We have, we believe we have his back and we know he's got our back and we're, 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 it's a partnership. And I believe every one of us has the opportunity to be a part of that partnership and that covenant today. And so we want to just take this opportunity to, to bless them to, and, and, and give in and provide for them. So we're going to pray and, and the ushers are going to go forth and we have a few things for them before we, we, we transition the service out today. But let's, let's pray again over, over this offering that not only it blesses them, but it turns back and it blesses you as well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. We thank you, God, for all that you are, Lord Jesus. This is all about you, God. This is all about you, Lord. And it is, it is according to your word and your plan, Lord God, that we do this, Lord Jesus. But Lord God, we pray again your hand of blessing. We pray your hand of blessing upon this, our pastor, upon Pastor Andrea, upon their children, Lord God. That, Lord Jesus, that you would continue, Lord Jesus, to provide, Lord God, for them. That, Lord, as you have placed them here for a time such as this, Lord God, that you would continue to lead them and guide them, direct them, Lord God. Give them vision, Lord Jesus. Let it be just a, a fresh, Lord, a fresh anointing, Lord God. Lord Jesus, say that a, a word, a direction that you've given them for this church, for this time, for this community, Lord God. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.